Hey everyone, it's Monday, so we've got another episode of the Road to Revenue series. Today's episode is all about intrapreneurship, and what we taught was how the landscape has changed for entrepreneurs. It may actually be better to be an intrapreneur. Tweet me at David Meltzer, your favorite takeaway from today's episode, and check the show notes to see how you can text me or email me at any time. This is Entrepreneurs, the Playbook. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Friday Training. We've been doing this for over 21 years, and uh, we're excited to train today on intrapreneurship because I think a lot of people are ignoring uh, what I think is an extraordinary opportunity that's never existed before in intrapreneurship. Uh, A couple reminders before we start. Anybody that has not tried out for Two Minute Drill, season three will be filming in November. So go ahead, get your uh, tryout in for $50,000 of cash and prizes every single week. 12 episodes are filming in November. Come join me. Email me, david at dmeltzer.com if you want to try out. We'd love to have you. We're going to do a tryout on Clubhouse next Friday at 6 a.m. as well. David at dmeltzer.com. I'll pin it here uh, as well. So awesome. And then Office Hours, you saw a trailer for Office Hours it will be on Bloomberg on Amazon Prime October 15th. So we look forward uh, to seeing you there as well. And uh, don't forget, finally, to put your questions in on Clubhouse, on IG, on the webinar. We have over 50,000 people registered here uh, for Friday training over 21 years. I remember when it was just two people. Uh, anyway, let's get started entrepreneurship everybody knows about entrepreneurship and all the opportunities to have the freedom to work at home to travel when you want to spend time with your family Uh, but nobody talks about the risk and the timing uh, that's involved in being an entrepreneur Uh, because of the accelerated change that we've gone through and because of all the different changes that have become a norm in business it may be true that entrepreneurship offers us more than entrepreneurship. Uh, And only a few uh, make it through entrepreneurship to the great levels of success. And we are withering in entrepreneurship because we don't realize all the values uh, that the technology has provided us, the pandemic has provided us. Uh, Do you want to be an employer or an employee is the number one question you wanna ask. An employer has overhead and employees and an employee is uh, supposedly uh, has less freedom. Uh, And that career landscape has changed so much in the recruitment, right? It was a a bigger chore uh, to get a job. Today, there is a talent shortage. People are begging. It's so easy to find different jobs in different regions because you don't have to be tied into the region. What benefit is that? Well, if I have a job at New York Pay, but I live in Idaho, uh, that's a huge advantage. Uh, That's a huge advantage. If I have a job in New York and live in Idaho and I can work whatever hours I want, be with my family when I want, travel all over the place when I want, as long as I have a cell phone and a connection, uh, that's a huge advantage. What are the advantages in recruitment, retention, and engagement that weren't there before. Uh, Now, these differences are the three areas as an employer and an employee we have to look at because 
the pendulum has changed. Uh, an entrepreneur used to have all the advantages. The only disadvantage of being an entrepreneur was they had to risk much more. Uh, people are looking for different things in different areas. Well, those opportunities exist. The main difference between an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur is that that entrepreneur is an employee. And an entrepreneur is the founder who is designing, launching, and manages a new business. But guess what? Those also exist with being an entrepreneur now. So many companies are looking for talent to design, launch, and build a business within a business without having to sacrifice or invest everything that you have and raise money and have overhead and employees and all the different time to build the capital necessary to be successful as an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs risk everything every day. Entrepreneurs have very little risk. They have the normal corporate career risks. They have their salary, expenses, benefits, and even equity. Uh, so you have the lottery ticket within it now, uh, a much greater opportunity uh, uh, exists with so many more resources at your disposal. I want you to consider your skills, your knowledge, and your desire. Look at the landscape of where you live, what you want to do, how you want to do it, and start balancing that what, who, how, and now with applying your why. So many of you that want to be an entrepreneur may be much better off being an entrepreneur. Being an entrepreneur provides you with an opportunity to see also if entrepreneurship is a right fit for you. Why not utilize somebody else's uh, economy to build your situational knowledge experience and even relationships? So many people take a huge risk uh, in leaving their job and investing their own money and starting from the ground up when you could start from a plateau by utilizing somebody else's resources, somebody else's relationships, someone else's network, software, equipment, all the different things that you can do to test the waters safely before you jump into the deep end. That while you have many more, uh, and much more access to resources when you're an entrepreneur than an entrepreneur. Uh, when I went down the list for me, when I started thinking about so many companies calling me about finding talent, retaining talent, and engaging talent. And as we shifted to this gig economy, this remote economy, where people can work anywhere at any time in any place, and I started to see that it's much easier to recruit people from the entire country than a small region. It's much easier to retain people when they have multiple freedoms and securities combined. And it's definitely much easier to get people to engage when they're working within the context of those securities and freedoms, when they're not distracted. Uh, you know, when you have that desire that you must be what you can be, it may be a better stepping stone to start as an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs used to be an employee of a company that were assigned special ideas or projects. They're given time and freedom today. Um, in order uh, to develop uh, their own entrepreneurial journey. And so entrepreneurs have the resources and capabilities of the firm at their disposal. Uh, let's talk about the benefits of entrepreneur entrepreneurship. Uh, entrepreneurship, number one, 
you're passionate about the problem you're solving and entrepreneurs agree on this, that you are passionate about what you're working on. Now, if you put into the context that you can learn to love what you do and you can have a freedom to do what you do in the context of a larger company, why won't you do that instead of starting from scratch? Uh, a, another benefit of an entrepreneur or a, a element of it is curiosity. In the past, being an entrepreneur allowed you to be curious and creative. Today, being an intrapreneur allows you to be curious and creative as well and adaptable and have room to grow. Uh, they're able to listen to the data and can challenge their own worldviews in a daily precept where in the past that was impossible. Uh, an entrepreneur is transparent. Uh, they're resilient. All of these different facets of being an entrepreneur are of great value to a big company, far more valuable than they used to be. Several big companies today actively promote entrepreneurship for this reason. And within their organization, they get better recruits, they retain the employees better, and most importantly, they get greater engagement, which means they're more productive, which means they're more profitable. Allowing your employees to spend 10 to 20% of their time innovating ideas that are unrelated to their normal course of business has only increased companies' uh, production like Google, 3M, Intel, that are all known for entrepreneurship and today are the standard for what used to be entrepreneurship and now is entrepreneurship. One of the most well-known examples of entrepreneurship is the Lockheed Martin Skunks work group. Uh, and Google also had this entrepreneur friendly group in allowing all of their employees to spend 20% of their time to pursue projects at their choice. But the landscape has changed beyond having a choice of what you wanna work on. It's the when and the where that always made the difference. Always made the difference. Imagine all the security of a salary expense account benefits and even equity but yet you get to choose when you work and where you work you have the capability of traveling you can pick up your kids at school you can coach a team all the different things that we never would be able to do and you can leverage the economic benefit of getting a job that pays more in a region that plays more but live in a low-cost area uh, these are huge life values that never existed before and for companies the ability to recruit, retain, and engage. Recruit, recruit, retain, and engage. The paradigm has shifted. The reason I wanted to take a whole uh, training session on it is that we have romanticized, romanticized the entrepreneur. These superheroes that you see, the Gary V's of the world, you know, and uh, you know, I, I, if somebody would have told me 10 years ago, people would have stopped me and asked for my autograph and picture, I would have said they were crazy. We need to romanticize the entrepreneurs. We need to make sure that we are building the best entrepreneurs we can with the biggest and best resources that we can. And the way to do that is to go ahead and utilize these unbelievable successful companies that now give you the freedom, the options, the opportunities with the security that you never get with being an entrepreneur. Never, no matter how successful you are, you're always putting everything at risk. It's the P.T. Barnum syndrome, right? 
hey, you're gonna, you could lose everything. Well, that's how I got here. That's what I'll continue to do. Here's the five most common issues plague, plaguing entrepreneurship that have uh, now been turned on their head. So these are the five reasons why people would be entrepreneurs in the past that are completely shifted and put onto their head. One, strategy conflicts. These uh, strategies have changed, and I can't tell you how many C-level executives, my age or older, has changed their mind. The old guard has now let up and allowed people to work at home and seen the benefits because of the pandemic of working from home. I will tell you, I remember when I graduated law school and I worked for West Publishing and we sold legal research online. The old guard, and I will use uh, Justice Scalia as an example, I was blessed to present to the Supreme Court of the United States Westlaw. And Justice Scalia looked me in the eye when he saw uh, you know, this DOS version of the internet and he said to me, nobody will ever do research on a computer. You need the books. That is the same closed-minded perspective of the old guard that said we could never have remote workers. In industries that we never thought, like banking, that we would be able or capable, this is turned on its head. The old guard has changed their mind and we have to take advantage of it because the systems, all the great benefits of the old guard still remain but you're able to access and utilize the new technologies in the new way and efficiencies and effectiveness. Take advantage of it now. Get your salaries, get your expense accounts, get your benefits, get your equity. The other side too is how much benefits are worth today. I know so many people that have taken jobs just because of the benefits without the salary, the expense account, and the equity, the lottery ticket. So strategy conflicts have shifted from the old guard to the new guard. There's been leadership conflicts. Technologies have fixed and enhanced leadership. A leader now is not a babysitter. They're not telling people what to do. A leader is an intelligent follower. So access to the people, the encouragement, the data is the most important part of being a great leader. To be able to share a culture, to engage and to share a vision. Leadership conflicts have been turned on their head through technology. As an entrepreneur, we now have a greater opportunity to be a leader, a leader of a business unit or a group in multi-billions of dollars right off the bat. One of the biggest areas that have shifted or turned on its head is the hiring issues that exist today. The most critical business issue that I see that we face are hiring issues. We have to lean back on the employer. We have a shortage of skills, shortage of knowledge, not just what, but who, and we have a shortage of desire. And the reason is, is that we have to articulate the quantitative value of working for a company in a greater capacity than we romanticize being an entrepreneur. We have to understand that there is a shortage of talent because people need to re-engineer their vision. We have had more businesses start up last year than any other year in history, where we should have more people working for the companies that are already making billions of dollars with high salaries, expense accounts, benefits, and equity. Um, the fourth one is resource conflicts. Entrepreneurship by far has the most amount of resources. Uh, everyone will tell you I have had you know, many startups in my life and the biggest 
component of the objective that I have is to stay in business. And the most difficult part of staying in business is the resources. Has anybody ever thought about, I feel so caught because I have to spend most of my time raising money instead of making money. Raising money instead of making money. You don't have to do that as an entrepreneur. The money's already made and raised. And you can go ahead and take advantage of extraordinary resources remotely and now hybrid in locations, taking advantage of the freedoms, opportunities, options, salary benefit and equity that we expense account that we were talking about and developing the skills on somebody else's dime. This resource conflict has been shifted on its head. Far more resources go to the entrepreneur than any entrepreneur has, especially as a startup. Finally, the last problem that's shifted onto its head is the cultural problems. COVID has created a new entrepreneurship culture that is much more aligned with the avant-garde, much more aligned with entrepreneurship than employeeship. It's much more open and, and transparent and remote and so many more opportunities and freedom that exists to utilize your time in a productive, meaning adding value, aligned, synergistic to your skills, accessible. You're much more accessible to your team, your managers, your directors, your executives, and great gracious. Remember the superpower in all this, whether it's strategy conflict, leadership conflict, hiring, resources, or even the cultural, that lens of gratitude has allowed us it's so much easier to find the light, the love, and the lessons in what we do. A third of what we do is activity we get paid for. Activity we get paid for is now enhanced by entrepreneurship. An entrepreneur owns and runs his own company. It does have exponentially the biggest lottery ticket uh, available. They have complete freedom, complete freedom, but they also have complete responsibility and risk. For better or worse, an entrepreneur is responsible for innovating within an existing organization, within the context of what they choose because there's a high demand right now. And while entrepreneurship is far less risky, it also does still have less autonomy, but not as much today as it was. You do not have total autonomy, but you have so much more autonomy and you need to take a timing and risk assessment on where you are. And that's when we institute the five daily practices in order to find out where our skills, our knowledge and desire are aligned with, synergistic to, uh, with and supplementary to, with what we want, who we can help, who, can, who we can help and who can help us, how we want to live our lives, utilize the activity we have planned, activity we don't have planned, activity we get paid for, activity we don't get paid for. How do we prioritize our what or who or how? If you want these five daily practices or the entrepreneurship guide, just email me, david at dmelter.com. I'll throw in my ebook, audiobook. I'll sign a copy of the book, send it to you, I promise. No charge, no shipping. I'll pay for everything. Don't worry. David at dmelcher.com. You need to know this entrepreneurship guide, listing out the ability of recruitment, the availability of maintenance, uh, retaining, uh, as well as engagement. And look, two parties benefit from engagement uh, an entrepreneur and the employer. They both, when someone's engaged, 
that lens of gratitude, productivity, and accessibility, those lenses create just such a great synergy. Now, when we look at within, in the skills, knowledge, and desire, how do we know it's an opportunity that has the freedoms that we want? Well, what I would do is look and see what companies are doing well, what companies are stable, and even what companies you think will be doing well that maybe are well-funded, situated correctly. You know, there's some areas that I'm looking at within the context of an NFT platform or esports uh, or some gambling apps uh, and things like that that I know a lot about where if I was an entrepreneur, I would be jumping on some of these well-funded companies and work within the context still with imagination, innovation, curiosity, creativity, except for because they're desperate, I get a big salary, expense accounts, benefits, and even equity. Not quite as a big as a lottery ticket as owning my own company, but far less risk, less overhead, less employees. Uh, and so you have a trade-off according to your own timing and your own risk tolerance. Um, now, how do we encourage people, besides doing these trainings here today, that entrepreneurship has so many more benefits than it used to be to? Uh, well, one, you have to be able to provide the right culture. You have to, as a leader in your own company, big, medium, or, or small, you need to encourage creativity, collaboration. You need to encourage opportunities and options. You need to encourage people to have activity they get paid for and don't get paid for. You have to understand how to recruit, retain, and engage your employees with these different perspectives, with a freedom of choice directed towards aligned with synergistic and supplementary to a common conscious competency, to a common collaborative creative goal. And if you can do that, you can then challenge these employees to do three things. One, to be their best, two, to learn lessons, and three, to have fun. To create an environment of entrepreneurship, you need to make sure that everyone enjoys the consistent everyday, persistent without quit, pursuit of their own potential, not just activity they get paid for, but activity they don't get paid for, and even wellness. Oh my goodness, if you could see all the different wellness programs beyond you know, what we're able to provide, entrepreneurship, you know, sometimes is can, and can be the most unhealthy of all professions where entrepreneurship provides you. I mean, it's incredible what they're providing hundreds of dollars a month for wellness, massages and yoga and gyms and uh, nutrition and all types of different things that we could do besides health insurance, which sometimes is more than we make. Um, so we need to be able to provide that to challenge our staff to make sure that they have a desire to be what they must be within the context of what we're trying to be as a whole by doing their best learning lessons and having fun. In order to do so, you need to be clear what the company's looking for. So in our company, we are very clear about gratitude. We are looking for people that can find light, love and lessons in everything. We're looking for forgiving people that are gonna do everything they can and forgive themselves for making mistakes. They're gonna use pain as an indicator to get to a better place. We want accountable people, accountable entrepreneurs. Yes, we will give you freedom to travel the world and work from the world. It's your own hours, it doesn't matter, but you will be accountable. You will ask yourself what you did to attract this to yourself 
and find what you're supposed to learn. The two critical questions of accountability. And then finally, most importantly, how to effectively communicate, not just with one another in a remote or hybrid setting, but more importantly, how to communicate with the greatest source of light, love, and lessons, how to communicate with that which inspires you, to allow it to come through you with appreciation, forgiveness, and accountability, and give it away. You do not know what you have as an entrepreneur until you have acknowledged it. The only way to acknowledge it is to give it away. And so I want everyone to consider as they compare and contrast entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship, what best is aligned synergistic supplementary to your skills, your knowledge of not only what, but who, and your desire. Know what you want personally, experientially, giving wise, receiving wise, within the context of a big company, mid-size or small, or as an entrepreneur or solopreneur, which one best suits you with what you want. Then you can determine who can provide it and who you can provide those services to. Finding out whether entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship gives you the best chance to align with your timing and risk tolerance. Then you will know how how to ease an employer, recruit, retain, or engage, or as an employee, an entrepreneur, how to get hired, how to get the most out of your experience and so that you are most engaged. And then of course, prioritization. There's so many opportunities out there as an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a philanthropist. You need to prioritize by the what, the who, and the how. And if you do that, you will find there's so many benefits today by seeking large, medium, and small companies to have all the positive parts of being an entrepreneur without the stress and risk that we have to take on. You have a huge opportunity today, which is why I took the time in this training to elevate the awareness of looking and seeking. If you're thinking about transitioning, think about transitioning into an entrepreneur job, either within the company you work for or a different company. Reconsider if you want to start at the very bottom as an entrepreneur. Is it worth the bigger lottery ticket or could I take a smaller lottery ticket with a big salary, expense account, and benefits, aligning my skills, knowledge, and desire with what's synergistic, supplementary, or contingent to exactly what I want? Entrepreneurs are people who think and act like entrepreneurs while working for larger, mid-sized, or smaller companies. To be an entrepreneur, you need to put your individuality into good use to develop these innovative new products and ideas that can benefit your company. Use it at the very least as a stepping stone so that you don't have the inherent risk, that you can start by plateauing and growing at a higher level, a higher frequency with more opportunities, more situational knowledge, more dummy tax, let them pay it. You don't have to. The hugest benefit, like I said, is you can check and see the choices out there. There's so many already developed companies that are not evolving into something that you don't want with very little risk. Recruitment, retention, engagement. Let's all look at entrepreneurship. Let's give it a fair look. I think we have to be open-minded. Forget about the old guard. There's a new guard out there entrepreneurship may be the best way to go. We can change the world by using the resources that we've already had. Own a smaller lottery ticket, be an entrepreneur. If anyone at all wants to reach out to me for the entrepreneurship guide 
or the five daily practices. Of course, I'll send my ebook, audiobook, or assign a copy of my book. I'll send you all of it. It's just david at dmelcher.com. You want to try out for two-minute drill, win $50,000 of cash and prizes, be seen on Bloomberg TV, Amazon Prime Video. Just email me, david at dmelcher.com. Win that $50,000. Check out Office Hours. Everyone from Cameron Diaz to Saad Guru to Rob Deerdeck to... Tillman Fertitta, list goes on. There's about 72 billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, and entertainers. Uh, all right, let's rock and roll. I'm going to take a question online and then get to our first guest, the incredible NFT monster, Monster Mike Mamula. You're up first after I get this first question. What are some of the things that can project entrepreneurs to become entrepreneurs? Um, well, this is the whole point of being an entrepreneur is that it's the baby steps to being on your own. So number one, it gives you more stability. It gives you more relationships. It gives you more knowledge. It gives you the ability to have health insurance, wellness. It allows you to learn how to know your what, your who, your how, and your now, and apply your why to maybe what's not exactly what you want, but it can give you more ideas on a better way to do what you were going to do. I can't think of but a few negatives of being an on, uh, entrepreneur over an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship's the best way to start entrepreneurship. Do it on somebody else's dime. Do it with more resources. Do it with less risk. Be healthier, happier, wealthier, and worthier while you get the same creative freedoms, op opportunities, and options by being an entrepreneur. Uh, give it a shot. This is the time, the pendulum, has swung your way live at home travel use the market leverage you know live in the cheapest place in the world and work in the most expensive one you will find that you make two three four times as much money that way so the best way we can project entrepreneurs into entrepreneurs is to start out as an entrepreneur learn the lessons do your best and then transition into a business that you know a lot more about with a lot more resources uh, to that business. All right, first up on Clubhouse, my man, the incredible Mike Mamola. What's going on, Mike? How are you, Dave? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. <laughs> so, what are the what's the best way to ascertain you know those characteristics or traits to determine? like so much of what you just talked about that I would be a better entrepreneur than an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm not a deep water fish yet. I'm not ready to, to go 300 feet below the surface of the water where the pressure is that difficult and I won't be able to breathe. And how do you get that? Is it, it is the best way through people like you that we all work with as coaches and mentors? Uh, is it through 360s? Because a lot of people I don't think have the ability to identify, okay, this is really who I am and this is how I'll thrive the best. Yeah, I think being transparent when there's so many opportunities today, it's not like the old days, you and I are a little bit older, you know, where we were limited to the opportunities. So I think the first stage is to interview, uh, interview in a form of transparency of seeing what's out there. Uh, and when you start having conversations about and know your what, your who, your how, and your now, you can align it very easily and say, well, here's what I'm looking for. You know, I, you know, I'm married with four kids, so I need the security of health insurance. I'm very motivated by commission. So I'd like that component. I do want a lottery ticket. I want to stay in a company and help it grow. So I want some equity. 
Um, salary may or may not be important, determined upon what your financial situation is. Um, but I need to coach football on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but I'm more than happy to work, uh, have activity I get paid for a Saturday. So I want, I'm looking for a position that I can travel, coach, whatever it is. And I think because there's so many opportunities for people with skills, knowledge, and desire, so many opportunities of companies that are funded, uh, startup companies, mid-sized companies, large companies, that you can still have and align all the things that you want without having to, like you said, swim in the deep end, start all, you know, if you're 40, 45, 50, 60, 65, you know, you may not want to take all that on. You know, you have put in the time and the effort to have a couple million dollars in the bank. You know, you may want to keep the couple million dollars in the bank and still have the freedoms of not having overhead and employees. You know, I know and see a lot of doctors, lawyers, accountants, you know, they're looking to transition because they've had enough. 25 years is enough sitting in an office doing the exact same thing. They're living their lives like tubes, Mike, you know, food in, food out, paycheck in, paycheck out. You can go out there, interview, find the same exciting, creative, collaborative environment in the freedoms of, you know, not having to be in an office, not having to, to have activity get paid for when you don't want to have it, but yet still have some upside of excitement, a little bit of a lottery ticket in order to feel that life come through you for others. So go ahead, interview a lot. There's tons of opportunities out there. There's a talent shortage and you got talent. You should be figuring out where's the best deal for me according to my what, my who, my how, my now, and go ahead and apply that why. All right. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, man. All right. I will take another question online and next up will be Christina Madrigal. Um, a uh, quick question is, uh, how do we find out about the meetups? Uh, Detroit, Indiana, Miami, New York, and Philadelphia. I will be in Detroit on Sunday at the Detroit Athletic Club at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I'll be in Indiana at the stadium at 4 p.m. Eastern Time at the gates there uh, in Miami the next week. But if you want to know the details, email me, david at dmeltzer.com. All right, Christina, welcome. What questions you got for me? Hello and happy Friday. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a happy day. It is. I so appreciate y'all so, so, so much. It's just so much value today and all the days and y'all are just amazing. When I say y'all, I include you and your team because totally inseparable. <laughs> they're, yeah, and they're amazing. They're all great entrepreneurs. Yes, yes. Um, so my question is a little bit off of a little bit what Mike just asked, but more specifically, when you're in an interview situation and you're trying to describe what an entrepreneur is to somebody who hasn't uh, heard that term or isn't aware, and you really want to be not so much like the flexibility part piece of it, but the entrepreneurial mindset that you're trying to explain and come across in the interview, but you don't want to come across as like, oh, this person, like if I'm talking, they're like, oh, well, and this person in two years is going to go open their own business. How do you explain that? clearly, but not also be like, oh, they're going to leave in two years. Does that, does that question make sense? Yeah. I, I love to say that, you know, I am very inspired to create, design, launch, and manage things within the context of a business. I'm a team player and I love leading as an intelligent follower by being collaborative and creative. 
Uh, I do, you know, and I think it's okay to say this because I think these are the two components that don't give an employee fe- employer today fear that you're leaving, but I think encourages them that you may be happier and more engaged. Look, I'm, I, I want to give uh, a company everything I have. I want to have the security of a salary. I want to have the excitement of an expense account in, in, a, in a commission. I want to have equity to build something that I can take stock in, uh, but I want freedom. I want to be able to work or, or have, I call it activity I get paid for. I want to be productive 16 hours a day, but the 16 hours a day that I want to be productive with, I will produce for you. I will be accessible, but I want to do it where I want to do it and when I want to do it. That's what I'm looking for. If that's what you're looking for. I think the key, what you're saying to describe to someone is, hey, this is my what. Personally, experientially, giving wise and receiving wise, this is my what. And I'm looking for the who. Who can I help with my what and who can help me? That's literally where you're at. And if a company is afraid you're going to leave, the nice thing about today, Christina, is there's so many opportunities out there, then that's not the right fit for you. That's not the right fit for you because in my opinion, when I have someone come in, it's never a fear if they leave for two reasons. One, I will never build my business where anyone can't leave tomorrow and my business still won't be at pace. I build my business so anybody can come in and come out and it's not gonna affect We're not gonna stop. And then the second one is, is that if a company is worried about you leaving, that means they know one thing that you may or may not know from the beginning. And that is, guess what? That they may not be the best place to work, that there's somewhere better out there. So I'm looking for someone that's not worried about me leaving because they're sure that they have the right culture, the right opportunity, the right pay, the right expenses, the right benefit, the right equity that nobody else can can compare to no matter how successful you are. In fact, if they created the right culture and the right system, the more successful you are, the more you'll want to stay, not the more you'll want to leave. Does that sound fair? Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. You helped me frame as usual. You always give me a great perspective of seeing things differently and, and enlightening my brain. So thank you so, so, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, I appreciate you, Christina, so much. You'll never know. I'm going to take another question online. Our next guest on Clubhouse, Elseed Ada, ATA, uh, you'll be after this question. Uh, question is, why do you feel like we have to be secretive in building side hustles that could help our daily roles? I do not feel you need to be secretive in building side hustles that could help our daily roles. Um, in fact, a lot of side hustles that build our daily roles end up being incorporated into our primary role. In fact, I'm a firm believer in leaning into what I do to create options and opportunities, not deciphering or dissolving or dissipating my attention and intention into a side hustle. Uh, so. Uh, I may have misspoke. Of course, this reminds me of Lou Holtz. It's not what I say, it's what you hear. So absolutely do not be secretive in building out the skills, knowledge, and desire that you have that could result in a additional source of income either for you or for your company as an entrepreneur. Uh, All right, we have Sarah Abdel up. Elsie dropped off. Sarah, got a question for me? 
David, David, David. Absolutely. Hello, David. <laughs> Hello. Friday. And uh, before the question, please allow me in 30 seconds to say uh, for everyone who is hearing us, please get a chance to talk to David. He's very authentic and humble. And even if he is in a family event, he will offer you his mobile phone number and tell you, how can I help you? Because this happened with me and I can't wait to be in your show uh, pitching about Thrivers on the Move. So thank you, David. Bye. I have a question. Okay. Um, yeah. My question is, how can I articulate the uh, economic value when I'm offering employers um, highly skilled candidates? Thrivers on the Move works as a placement agency. I have candidates who happen to be women survivor immigrants of gender-based violence. They are highly skilled. And I am partnering with employers in order to hire or give an internship to these thrivers on the move. So when tailoring the package, I want to say, yeah. save your time, save your money. You have shortage <laughs> in skill, you have shortage in design, but you know, I'm unable to put it in, in that pricing packaging, you know, yeah. language. Can you help me with that, please? Thank you. You are, and this is the basis for everything. So number one, I do want to reiterate, and I appreciate, uh, your compliment, but I give everyone in the world five minutes on the phone or 20 minutes at a meeting. Uh, so if anybody needs help, uh, my cell phone is 858-688-3294. Just set up a, a five minute phone call with me. Uh, you can email me david at dmelzer.com or a 20 minute meeting. If you're willing to come out to me, I don't go to lunch or to dinners or to breakfast or to snacks. Uh, but if you come into my studio, I will meet anyone for 20 minutes or give them five minutes on a call. David at dmelter.com. This is a great lesson. It's also one that you can use in the pitch and it's the ability to articulate the quantitative value of what you're asking for. Um, and in order to do so, you wanna you know, ask for less than you're, you're giving. And so what do we do? There's three areas you wanna quantify. You wanna give the quantified reasons, impacts and capabilities of how much does it cost you today to recruit people. So in order to do that, we're gonna use the open-ended question guide that I have. I'll send it to you. Just email me, Sarah, uh, david at dmelzer.com. I'll send you this open-ended question template. But basically you say, how do you recruit today? What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? And then you say, what if I was able to do this? And then come up with a quantitative value to being able to do that, that will help them. Then talk about retention. How much does it cost? To, you know, to lose an employee. What do you like about it? What do, would it help you if I was able to, you know, have your average employee stay with you for five years instead of one year? How much is that worth to you? Oh, it's $100,000. Oh, so $400,000. And what about engagement? Right now, you're, where do you see the engagement of your employees? 10%, 20%, 60%? What if I was able to increase the engagement level because the employees that I am placing into your business have a desire that they must be what they can be. They've already had situational training and blah, 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 whatever it may be. You need to practice this every day. Have conversations with your family, friends, associates, whoever it may be, what I call some test accounts that you don't care about, but being able to have at least 10 conversations a day where you're practicing articulating the value to exceed what you're asking for in three realms of retention, engagement and of course recruitment all three utilizing the open-ended question guide allow you to learn what people are doing today 
can allow you to depict what you can do better. That creates the delta, the quantitative value, the difference, which can be articulated quite easily, easier and easier when you per practice articulating it as well. So go ahead, reach out to me. I'll send you the open-ended question guide, Sarah, david at dmelzer.com. Anybody wants that guide, go ahead, reach out to me. Anyone wants a five-minute call, david at dmelzer.com, a 20-minute meeting. Happy to be of service and of value. Thank you so much, Sarah. That's a great question. All right, I'll take another question online. Oh my goodness, we have Matt Mengel. That is the famous professional football player, Matt Mengel. Let me get a question online, Matt. I'm really happy that you're here. It's so good to see you. How do you know which opportunities would fit your skills? Well, in order to know uh, what opportunities fit your skills, I would look at the skills you have and the knowledge of what and who and your desire. I actually would go to the stock market, if it was me, look to see what companies are doing well, what industries are doing well, what careers are doing well, what jobs are doing well. I also would look to see what's stable uh, you know, in the stock market, what stocks haven't moved in the last six years, and see what careers, industries, jobs are you know, stable right now. And then I also would you know, look at some lottery tickets, see what jobs, careers, and industries I think will be doing well, and then gather the skills, knowledge, and desire that I have, my capabilities, and see how they're aligned with, synergistic to, or supplementary to what's doing well, what's stable, or what I think will be doing well. If we can align those capabilities, we will know a great fit when we see it within the context of the industry we're searching in, the careers we're searching in, the jobs we're searching in, whatever it may be, you need to look within you and give meaning to what's in you and then align it with what's doing well and stable, what you think is gonna be doing well. All right, we are rocking and rolling here. We got about 13 minutes left. It is entrepreneurship training. Reach out to me, david at dmelter.com, ebook, audio book. I'll sign a copy of my book, ship it to you. All the different guides, entrepreneurship guide, five daily practices guides and the open-ended question guide. Try out for the two-minute drill, win $50,000 of cash and prizes. All right, next up, Matt Mengel. What's good, Dave? How you doing, man? Great to hear your voice. I'm doing well. How's it going? Can't complain. Montreal's beautiful. Uh, weather's amazing. Football's fun. It's a great experience. Oh, man, I'm so proud of you. Well, how can I, how can I help you? uh so comparing to like kicking um professionally is there any type of muscle memory work that i can do or that will pertain to me getting better or worse as an intra or intra Panor? yeah yeah so there is and the, the the muscle is in three realms there's a muscle of productivity uh, and the muscle of productivity is to align value with everything you do. Activity you get paid for, activity you don't get paid for, even your sleep. When we have a lens of productivity to see how much value we can provide through these activities, uh, this muscle can be enhanced and it will provide us more value. It will open and expand us so that we have a bigger void to fill. The second lens to practice, Matt, is the lens of accessibility. We need to push ourselves, practice ourselves in order to be more accessible to others. So many times we don't have time in a day for the people that are most important for us, the people that feed us. In fact, 80% of our time is spent with people that are bleeding us. And so we need to practice and build that muscle 
of accessibility, meaning who are we accessible to? And most importantly, what are we accessing? Are we accessing what we want, receiving what we want? Do we have worthiness issues? Do we create interferences and inefficiencies that create you know, some sort of void obstacle to what we want? So if we practice the lens of productivity, practice the lens of accessibility and the duality of who am I accessible and what am I accessing, we then can strengthen the strongest muscle that you need to practice for everything. Entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, philanthropreneurship, solopreneurship, life in general, that's the lens of gratitude. If I could teach people to find the light, the love and the lessons, to see pain, mistakes, failures, setbacks as a turn signal, a propeller, propelling you to something better, making your situation better, not as a punishment. If I could change the perspective of people to understand that you are learning, growing, and accelerating, and that part of the learning, growing, and accelerating is to experience mistakes, failures, setbacks, and that those are the only way we know that we're expanding. If you don't feel pain, if you don't have any mistakes, you're not growing, you're not expanding, you're not accelerating. So practice being productive, practice being accessible, practice being gracious. It will help you as an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, a philanthropreneur, a solopreneur. It won't matter. It will help you in life to make more money, help more people, and have more fun. Does that sound fair? Sounds perfect. Thank you. All right, man. Keep kicking butt, Matt. Send me some clips. I can't wait to see you. I got you. All right. Cool. All right. I'm gonna take another question online. And then it says my next guest is Keaton Kastberg. He said his name is Mr. No Rain, No Gain. All right. I'll take you after I take this question online. Uh, David, what's the best way to leverage your connections to create monetizable referrals? Um, thank you, Danny, for asking that. So one of the biggest things that changed my monetary position in life is I created an overlap agreement. Uh, so I work with most people for free. Uh, I give everything I do for free. I have my own search engine, so you can get what you want for free, search.dmelzer.com. I also work in groups with people. I work one-on-one, -on -one and I have a wait list for that. Um, but most of people, I have some sort of overlap opportunity with. You know, you're a doctor, lawyer, dentist, haircut person, realtor, mortgage person, financial planner, uh, landscaper, furniture salesperson, it doesn't matter. I run into people all the time that need those things. And I decided when people say, hey, Dave, can you refer me business? I'm like, I absolutely can. Let me send you an overlap agreement that says mutually, if you bring me business, 10% for finding someone, 20% for closing them. Can you do the same for me? Let's put it into writing so we both remember what we promised is also can codify because I have so many of these where my landscaper is or my painter is or my tile person is whatever it is you need to have an overlap agreement in order to monetize the relationships to help more people and be accessible ties perfectly into what matt mingle was saying he, earlier not only does it help with the receiving and giving but it helps with productivity accessibility and gratitude when you're making money by helping people and they're making money by helping you or getting help by you. So if you want that overlap agreement, email me, david at dmelzer.com. I do them with everyone. I have hundreds of them and uh, I have proven what I used to tell people. I wish I would have done referral agreements. I call them overlap agreements because I would have millions and millions of dollars. 
I make over seven figures every single year from having these overlap agreements. And I get thanked by the people who are paying me again and again and again for referring business to them and through them. Uh, so use an overlap agreement. If you want my template, you're happy to use it. David at dmelzer.com. All right, next up is Mr. No Rain, No Gain, Keaton Casberg. What do you got for me? Hey, Dave, thanks for doing the training. I really appreciate it. Excellent topic choice. My question for you is, entrepreneurs typically have a complete control over a specific project. So how can they make a positive impact because you have so much control over a project? How can you make a positive impact with that? As an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur? As an entrepreneur. Yeah, so look, the impact that you have is on people. When we are elevating others, when we're celebrating others, regardless of in the context of us as a solo philanthropist or entrepreneur or an intrapreneur, when we're capable of empowering others to empower others, that's the impact that we have. Because we're not talking to people, we're talking through them. We're not teaching to people, we're teaching through them. We're not empowering people, we're empowering through them. See, what we're doing is creating a legacy by planting seeds. Sometimes under trees we'll never sit under, but most of the time we're planting seeds to fuel somebody with inspiration, aspiration, and motivation. We're here to be of service and of value, to find how we fit perfectly synergistically together, to find the value in what we do, to help others, to elevate others, to empower others. And so the greatest impact that you can have by being an entrepreneur to be an intelligent follower, to be a leader within an organization is to celebrate others, elevate others and empower others, to share your situational knowledge and dummy tax, to inspire and aspire and motivate those that need it at the times that they need it by giving all that you can to be productive, accessible and gracious, to be the most efficient, effective and statistically successful per person collaborating and <coughs> coinciding with the goals of the collective consciousness, the culture of the company. And as a reward, not only will you get the uh, am amazing inspiration of being a celebrant in an elevator, but most importantly, you'll have the security of a salary, expense account, benefits, and equity with most opportunities, especially today, so many exist out there as an entrepreneur. So impact people within an organization, within the context and rules and cultures and regulations that have loosened up so much over the last two years, especially providing you a hybrid or remote working atmosphere, the freedom of being productive when you wanna be productive, the freedom of having activity you wanna get paid for when you wanna get paid, and the freedom to have activity you don't want to get paid for when you don't want to be paid and even having the ability to sleep the way you want to sleep which may be the most valuable thing of all because that helps your health more than anything having that unwinding routine according to your clock your lifestyle your sleep style and if you're capable of sleeping when you want you will be healthy and everybody knows when you're healthy you get millions of wishes if you're not healthy you only have one wish and I wish everyone multiple wishes, many wishes. I'm gonna take another question online as we're coming into the close. Uh, real quick, I may have time. Uh, Shosh, if I do, you'll be next, but we're gonna end right at noon Pacific time. Uh, how do we stay grateful and stress-free 
when unexpected issues occur in life? Well, first of all, uh, if you come up with some sort of perspective that there's not going to be unexpected, uh, then you're making a huge mistake because you want to make God laugh, come up with a well-developed plan. There is no certainty. The only certainty that's attainable in life is to forgive the unforgivable. And most people, almost all of us can't even come close. We are not that gracious. So what we want to do to be grateful and the best we can, stress-free, when pain, setbacks, failure, mistakes, unexpected issues occur in life, is we need to identify the triggers that happen when something's unexpected. Do we have a need to be right when something's unexpected, offended, separate, inferior, superior? Do we get anxious, frustrated, or angry? Do we feel resentful or guilty when things don't go as expected? And instead of getting stressed, instead of fighting it, going over it, under it, through it, around it, just simply stop. Breathe through your nose, like my friend Trevor Moad, who passed away last week, always said, get down to neutrality, to center, and then roll in the right directions. Roll by identifying what triggers the ego. Stop, drop, and roll when the ego puts your mind, body, soul on fire. Everybody knows when you're on your fire. You got to stop. You got to drop and roll. Where do we roll? You roll into your what? What do you want personally, experientially, giving and receiving? Who can help you? Who can I help? And how am I going to get it done by having those lenses of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude by utilizing the prioritization of importance according to the what, the who, and the how, and most importantly, allowing my why and applying that why to everything I do, finding like the love in the lessons in everything that I do. Well, I want to say thank you to everyone. This has been the training of entrepreneurship. Next week training is our two-minute drill pitch competition. The winner of the pitch competition will get on my TV show on Bloomberg and Amazon and a chance to win $50,000 of cash and prizes every episode besides the exposure, awareness, and education that you will see at 6 a.m. Pacific time on the Breakfast of Champions. That'll be our training next week. Apply for Two Minute Drill by emailing me, david at dmeltzer.com. Office hours with uh, Cameron Diaz, Sadhguru, Tillman Fertitta, uh, Paulo Ono, Marshall Falk, the list goes on and on. Friday, October 15th, check out Office Hours. You're going to love it. And then finally, any of the guides that we talked about, the overlap uh, referral template, entrepreneurship guide, the open-ended question guide, or my book, ebook, audiobook. I'll sign a copy, send you a book, pay for the shipping and the book, no problem. All you need to do is email me, david at dmeltzer.com. Most importantly, everyone, remember, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. We'll see you later. Thank you.